welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name's Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Well, let's get straight into it. We, uh, I attempted a sermon last week where I overprepared and um, got about three quarters of the way through the introduction and didn't even get to the points. Um, so we're here today um, in a sermon series. Come on, somebody. The sermon series, the forced one, because you just preach way too long. But anyway, um, we're, we're talking about discerning the will of God, discerning the will of God. And we're talking about what, 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 is, what is the will of God? And um, I'm wanting us as a church community to really ask this important question. I don't want us, and I don't believe that this is the year for us to just be on autopilot and just cruise and see what happens. I believe that this is a year that requires us to be intentional. And please hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying let's go and start 19 businesses or let's go into some new career or let's do this and let's do that. But I am talking about in partnership with the Holy Spirit, asking Him, spending time with Him, in partnering with Him, living a life that is intentional. And the only thing that may change as a result of this message just may be that you realise that you actually are in God's will, but you just need to be intentional about the place that you're already in. Does that make sense? Sometimes we over-spiritualise the will of God whilst it is completely spiritual, but we put such a burden on ourselves to hear something new when God's actually got you right in the place that He wants you. Can I hear an amen? And so instead of hoping for a new season, asking for what's next, for some of you, the prayer around God's will for your life is saying, Lord, what do I do? How do I be intentional about the season that I'm in? Are you with me? Otherwise, we're always looking to a season that's in front of us and we're missing what God wants to do in the here and now. And did you know some of the greatest ministry, dare I say it, the greatest ministry that God has for you for your life? It's found in the relationships that you already have, not the ones that you don't have. It's found in the opportunities that you live out every day. And when you partner with the Holy Spirit, it's incredible, it's powerful. When you partner with the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm saying? But you in your workplace, you are on mission. You with your family, you are on mission. I was talking with one of our board members yesterday and he was just saying how he was with his family from interstate and they were chatting and they were just asking all these questions and having this dialogue around church and around God and around destiny and around purpose 
for me, that is the will of God. So instead of trying to look to what might be around the corner, maybe a part of you discerning God's will for your life is God, you have me here. How do you wanna use me? Amen? Amen. And so we laid this foundation last week and really what I wanted to do is I wanted to inspire you. The will of God is pointless to talk about unless you believe that God has a will for your life. And so I wanted to inspire you to be someone that believes that God wants to use you for great things. Whether, as I said, in the now and also beyond. But God has great exploits for you. And it's my prayer that we as a church community, it's my prayer that we as individuals, that we would come to a place where we would start asking God for things that are way beyond our personal capacity again. Now I believe that we've got so comfortable and safe playing church and doing the Sunday attending thing that we have absolutely stopped asking God and believing Him for what is beyond our own capacity. Amen. They're having a party up there. Look at it go. It's fine. It's great. Just remember destiny. Is that a praise? Is that? Good on you. He's got, he's got Chris's voice. So God has great exploits for us. God has a plan for you and for I. And in order to know and, and, uh, and be this generation that move in great exploits, we said you have to have no two things. You need to know the nature of God. We won't go over that because that's gonna take too much time. But then we also said that you need to know the will of God, the will of God. And we unpacked a few scriptures around that. I wanna quickly now go and have a look at uh, as we continue talking about discerning the will of God, I want us to dive in a little bit to Jesus' life and then I'm gonna give you the four key things that are gonna help you discern and know the will of God. But let's look at Jesus. Jesus is our pattern. You can, thanks bro, you're good. I'd keep going otherwise. Jesus is our pattern. Let's go to John chapter four, verse 34. Look at that, they're getting banished. The full church party animals. If you have a calling to kids ministry, um, our kids aren't like that, okay? No, no, I'm joking. They are, they're worse, my kids are in there. Um, that's all good. Jesus, our pattern. The Bible says in John 4, 34, we're just gonna read that one verse. It says, Jesus said to them, my food that word food is also uh, the word for meat. Meat in the Old Testament, let's read the scripture. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food, my meat is to do the will of him. The meat spoke of satisfaction. So I am satisfied when I am doing the will of God. And for any of you that have ever been in kind of destiny moments, like people sometimes ask, um, you know, you must get tired doing what you do. And there are moments of, of my life, of course I get tired, I'm human, I'm tired most of the time, it's all good. Um, but for example, on Sundays when I'm with you, 
when I'm preparing, when God's speaking, when I'm in those moments where I just know I'm doing what God wants me to do. One of those things for me is preaching the Word. It is the most energising, satisfying thing for me. Now, we need to bring balance to that statement because I don't want you to think that I'm aligning preaching or my, the will that God has for my life with yours. And I don't think the Western Church have done a very good job at broadening that we've just kind of, kind of pointed all to what Sunday church looks like. But some of you, and I'm not saying it's not hard work, it is hard work, but it comes with a satisfaction and a pleasure. It comes with a spiritual energisation, which is hard to practically explain. Some of you, you're nurses, and you feel the same way when you help save someone's life through your job. Some of you are in have the gift of hospitality and you have such a gift in that place and you just come alive where people, where someone else is just like, oh my God, I can't believe this. I don't sign me up for that area. You just absolutely come alive. There are others of you here today that your meat and the will of God for your life is around that whole space of prayer and intercession. And you can spend hours and hours and hours in prayer travailing and asking God for the nations and all those sorts of things. God bless you. That's not the call. Prayer is for everyone, don't get me wrong. But that's not a thing that God's calling me into at this moment. But you, you come alive. The pastor starts talking about prayer and you're now jumping out of your seat. Are you with me? And so the will of God, inside of the will of God is this place of satisfaction. It's this place of uh, meat. And listen to what he says. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Whose will is it? The will of him. It's not Jesus' will, believe it or not. Did you hear that? It was him surrendering his will to the Father's will. Did you know that Jesus went on the same journey around destiny and the will of God? in discovery that we do. We kind of think that he was just born um, and obviously his upbringing was unique. (laughs) But the Bible tells us in Luke chapter two, verses 52, it says that he grew in wisdom and favour with who? With God and man. Think about it for a moment. Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, born of a virgin, grew in wisdom and favour and stature with God. So please listen to me around God's will for your life. If you are on a journey of discovery, you're in good company. You're in the same company. You're you're walking out the walk that Jesus walked out. Stop beating yourself up. I just pray that this sets someone free this morning because you're in this place where you're like, I should know. Sometimes we don't. Stephen Furtick has a message called the will of God is whatever. And what his message is really kind of about is kind of saying that we do overcomplicate God's will for our life and God's will 
can be what we allow God to be a part of in our everyday. If God's will, I'm jumping ahead slightly, but if God's will, if, God, if your life doesn't require an element of faith and trust in Him, then can I suggest that maybe there is some great exploits that God wants you to start asking Him about and revealing. Jesus is our, our pattern. Don't you just thank God for Jesus? You're going to quiet. You're crazy in the worship. Now you're going to quiet. Matthew 6.10, look at Jesus. Look at even how Jesus teaches us to pray. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Whose will? Not Jesus' will. God's will. The Father's will. He's praying your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's the encouragement for us today? What's the takeaway as we look at Jesus, our pattern is not to pray our will, but is to pray God's will. Luke chapter 22, 42 says, it says this saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will. Everyone say my will. Whose will? Jesus' will. Think about this is profound, really. It's practical and profound all at the same time. This is Jesus. Do you remember, like this is the Jesus that was sinless. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Your will be done. What do I believe he's saying? I believe he's saying, this isn't about my agenda. Come on, can you help me preach for a moment? This isn't about my agenda. This is about your will. This is about your kingdom. This is about what you have planned. This isn't about what I have planned. This isn't about my preferences. This isn't about me being comfortable. This isn't about anything else but your will being done. This is about your agenda. And I wrote as a side note this morning in, on, my, um, on my iPad this morning, I wrote these words. I wrote, this is what we need a generation. We need a generation that are laying down their agenda and saying, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. We need a generation of churchgoers. Come on, somebody. We need a generation of churchgoers that stop picking and choosing church community based upon their agenda, but rather go really deep. Oh, if you're visiting, just block your ears for a moment but I'm speaking to those people because there's always something shinier and better that comes along. There really is. And you know, our church is largely made up of, of transfer growth. There it is, I'm saying it. I'm not against, I'm not against people, seasons happen, seasons come and go. I've left churches and gone to church, all those sorts of things. I'm for that. God bless you. We're not saying anything like that. What I'm trying to help you to see is that if we approach Christianity purely through our agenda, our needs. What am I getting out of it? We live at a very immature place. In fact, the ones in your family that are saying, can I have this? Can I have that? Can I do that? Not having the maturity to comprehend that actually as they grow in the things of God, God places a demand aligned with their growth that calls them to contribute into their community. Are you with me? 
See, the will of God for Jesus was servanthood. It's my prayer that we would be a, that it's my prayer for my own life, that we would come, that I would come to a place. It's my prayer for my children. It's my prayer for this church community, that we would have a prayer that says, God, we're laying down our agenda. We are laying down our agenda. We're laying down our will. We want your will to be done. Matthew chapter 12, verses 49, it says, and he stretched out his hand towards his disciples. And he said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother, is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus' definition of family is connected to the will of God. How do you know? Remember, he, he has the conversation with the disciples. He goes, I used to call you servants, but now I call you friends. Who are the friends and family of God? Those that's measured by how much you're surrendered to the will of God. It's measured by your surrender to the will of God. The will of God for your life. John 5.30, I can of myself do nothing as I hear. This is Jesus speaking. I can of myself, Jesus speaking, remember, it's a capital M, is it up there? Yep. I can of myself do nothing as I hear, everyone say, as I hear, I judge. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. Why? Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So what, what is he saying? He's saying, so Jesus, who is, who is our pattern around the will of God, is showing us that like Jesus, we must keep aligning our doing with our hearing. We must keep hearing from God. Jesus said, I judge as I hear. I judge as I hear. One of the really super encouraging things about this is that, um, is that you get the vibe that Jesus on a continual basis is going, Father, what do you want? I see a need, but God, what do you want? I see an opportunity. Let me try and hear what you're saying about this opportunity. You with me? As I hear, I judge. As I hear, I hear first, judge second. Ask God for his will, then act. So let's talk about these four keys. I'm gonna give you the four keys so that we get through this today. And um, we might just preach the two of them might preach the other two next week or something like that. But um, let me give you these four keys really quickly. Number one, four keys to discern the will of God and walk in the will of God. Number one, which I want to talk about in a moment, is a life of total surrender. We've already touched on it a little bit. Key number one, a life of total surrender. Key number two, the word of God. Key number three, strategic prayer. Strategic prayer. How, how do we walk out the will of God? How do we discern the will of God? Through strategic prayer. 
And number four, one that you're just going to, mate, you're just going to love this and amen this like there's no tomorrow. And that is the word patience. Patience. Have you ever prayed those prayers? Lord, give me patience. Yeah, there's something wrong with you if you pray those prayers. <laughs> give me patience. Oh, then you go and have kids. Um, my kids are like getting the real pastor's kids, Judy. Hey, of all the illustrations, it's bad. I need to apologise. But I'm having too much fun. So keys to the will of God, a life of complete surrender. Do you know the spirit realm, the invisible realm is governed by, it's, it's, a, it's a realm that's governed by laws. Um, I want to say it like this just to get you thinking a little bit about it, but it is a legalistic realm. And I want to use that word legalistic because I know you associate that with religion and I'm trying to get your mind working around this thought that it is governed by spiritual laws. The law, the spiritual law that predicates all the other spiritual laws is the spiritual law of complete surrender. Complete surrender. In discerning the will of God for your life, whose will is it? The will of God. There must be complete surrender. And we're all on this journey. Like, let's be honest. This is a lifelong journey. This isn't like you come down the front and you fix the will, your will and God's will. This is a lifelong journey of us continually laying down and surrendering or submitting our will to God's will. Let's read Luke twenty two forty two one one more time just for the emphasis. And it says, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. There are people that go to God in prayer, but they're not going to God for his will. They're going to God that he might bless their will. That is not the law. That is not the key of surrender taking place. If we were all truly completely surrendered, God would be using us in really extraordinary ways and by that I'm not talking about miracles signs wonders alone I am talking about that but when your life is not your own and you're living in a space of complete surrender God uses you as that sign and that wonder to be the solution to problems that are in your everyday life God actually uses a, a William Booth to bring about the end or a significant step, certainly awareness for us around poverty in our generation. God raises up people that have lives that are completely surrendered to him to release his kingdom. And so instead of us coming to God in prayer saying, God, I've got this thing going on, would you bless it? One of the one of the most challenging things you can do is wrestle with God in that place of laying down your will in prayer to Him. This is extremely challenging. 
This is extremely challenging. God, your will be done. Your will be done. You know, it's okay to come to God with your desires. Are you still there this morning? So okay, okay to come, God, with your desires, your preferences, what you want. But when all is said and done, you must come to God saying, I don't know. I'm broken. I'm flawed. I don't see incomplete like you do. And so, God, I've got some strong desires. I've got some strong things in my heart. This is what I'm thinking. He's my desires for my life. But ultimately I'm coming with humility because I acknowledge as a flawed human broken listener, I only see and hear in part. And often those parts that I see and hear are mixed with my own agenda and I don't even realise it. This is why it, it, um, this is why even around theology, right? We must approach theology with humility. Because one of the most challenging things to do in interpreting the Scriptures is to remove your own lens from the interpretation of that Scripture and not read what you want that Scripture to say and read what that Scripture actually says. We must approach theology. I believe that we must approach God's will for our life in the context of Christian community. I'm not saying with everyone, there's dangers about communicating what you feel God's speaking to you with people, um, with some people. There just is, just ask Joseph. He communicated God's will out of God's time and because he did that, that got him in a lot of trouble. And so it's okay to have desires, it's okay to have these things, but ultimately we must come back to this place of saying, God, I'm still lay down my life before you and I say yes to your will, to your agenda, to I come, I come to you in complete surrender. See, the other thing about this is, I believe that the more that you surrender your heart, the more God reveals to you His will. And you say, why is that? It's quite simple, because your heart can only can contain a certain amount. And whilst you're entertaining your will, there's no room for His. And so the more we come to that place of complete surrender, the more the will of God becomes apparent to us. And so when your heart is ready, God reveals His will to you. Can we just be a little bit more transparent this morning? Is that all right? You're alive? Just nudge your neighbour and say, "Uh uh-oh. One of the problems is, is that if God showed us, just if you're visiting, just block your ears for a moment. But if God showed you or I in certain areas, the will that he has for our lives, to be honest with you, we would think it's the voice of Satan. Does that sound strong? It's happened in the Bible. Where Peter tries to rebuke Jesus. Says you need to stop talking about, like one minute, it's like on this rock I'll build my church. Revelation, will of God, powerful. 
The next minute, neck minute, as the young people say, is that a thing? I don't know. Um, I try to stay contemporary. Um, But the next minute, he's trying to rebuke Jesus, saying, you need to stop talking about you're going to the cross. And what does Peter call him? What does Jesus call Peter? He says, get behind me, Satan. Because his heart determined the level of God's will that he could process at that time. So the heart must be genuinely surrendered. Why must the heart be genuinely surrendered? It must be genuinely surrendered because the will of God demands radical trust. Write those two words down, radical trust. The will of God demands radical trust. It really does. It really, really, really does. It's the voice of Jesus speaking to the church right now and He's calling out these words, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. He says, follow me. That's a call to action. Follow me. I'll make you Fishers of men, follow me. Oh, it required them to leave everything, completely surrender everything to follow Jesus. And I believe that the same voice through the Holy Spirit is reverberating through the church again, where Jesus, the voice of God to our generation is saying, would you follow me? Follow me. Can I just preach a little bit this morning? Don't follow the latest preacher. Don't follow the latest fad. Don't follow the latest style. Don't follow the latest guru. All those things might help build your faith, but ultimately you are called to follow Jesus. I, as your pastor, am not the gatekeeper of your destiny. (laughs) Woo! You do not need my permission to walk in the destiny that God has for your life. You'd be wise to seek wisdom and, and, and guidance. But you don't need my blessing if you've got God's. You'd be wise to approach men and women of God and ask for their input, their honest input. You'd be wise to get their input. You'd be wise to be really transparent. You'd be wise to, be, to live your life in that sort of covering and protection, absolutely. But when God speaks, the only thing that matters is His voice. And Jesus is saying to His church, follow me. And what do you need to follow him? You need a, a life that of complete surrender. Why? Because following him demands radical trust. The will of God is not a small thing. Let me put destiny into you today. The will of God for your life doesn't matter if you're 90, you're 99, not out. Doesn't matter if you're a teenager in this room. The will of God for your life is not a small thing. God, just like He did with Joseph, can fulfil destiny perceived, uh, perceivably in one moment. 
You're going through the grind of serving, serving, serving. You're in prison, you're in this, you're in that. In one moment, God can use the gift that's been developing in a prison and in Potiphar's house and in one moment deliver to you, in one day deliver to you the influence that your destiny requires. The will of God for your life is not a small thing. I'm inviting you to partner with the Holy Spirit to expand your vision. If you're in business, I'm inviting God, you, I'm inviting you to partner with the Holy Spirit and saying, not, see the prayer is not how do I get more? The prayer is God, how do you wanna radically use what I have now? How can I steward what I have right now? See, the prayer of destiny and vision and God's will being something so significant for your life. Did you know that because you have Jesus inside of you, you are a living epistle? Did you know that the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God? The issue is, is that you are waiting for the manifestation of the pastor on the Sunday. Meanwhile, the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And where are they waiting for it? They ain't waiting for it in this building. The world are not coming to the church. That was strong. The world are not coming to the church. And do you know what? The truth is the world don't need to come to the church in the context of Sundays. And you know why? Because God's been so smart that He's already positioned you in the mission field that He wants you in. You just don't have the revelation about it. (laughs) The will of God starts with you understanding that where He has you, is possibly where he wants you, not in every case. I once heard an old time preacher say, the devil has you exactly where God wants you to be. Saying that you think it's an assignment of the devil. I hate this job, this sucks, life's terrible. I don't have this, I didn't have, haven't got the life partner yet. The business has gone like this. But the de- you, you, God might be allowing the devil to position you for a greater glory. <laughs> And while you're looking at the lack, you're missing the moment of destiny and the will of God and the power of God being manifest through your life. The world don't need more good preachers. Good preaching is not going to evangelise our world. We don't need this church, our community, the northern suburbs, which I'm so passionate about seeing the kingdom of God move in this area. But what it doesn't need is just more good communicators. What it needs is the children of God, you and me, the church, the ecclesia, leaning into God and saying, God, how do you wanna use me? Because I'm completely surrendered to you. He called Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want you to leave leave the land of your father and your mother. Leave the Ur of Chaldeans. I want you to leave that place that you know. And I want you to go to an unknown place. I want you to go to a place that you've never been to before. I want you to go on a journey. I'm not even really telling you where, but I want you to just start walking. And the will of God requires that level of trust. 
where you go, I'm gonna walk away from what I know in some areas of my life. And I'm just gonna walk into the unknown and not every person I pray for and not every person I minister to and not every person I reach out to is necessarily gonna have a heart that's ready to receive the Kingdom of God. But that's not gonna be the determining factor. That disappointment of previous kind of spiritual activity isn't gonna be the determining factor of whether I reach out and love my neighbour. I'm just gonna start doing it. I'm just gonna start doing it. I'm gonna start doing it. I'm gonna start praying. I'm gonna really start praying. See, like Abraham, God's calling some of you out of the comfort. And Abraham, he was Abram at that time. And remember what happened next? What was the next thing that happened? Abram is in a tent. And what does God say? God says, hey, I've got destiny and I've got purpose for your life, but you're not gonna be able to have a vision for it while you're in what you are comfortable in. So he invites him, he says, come outside of the tent and look up at the stars. And I believe that that is what the Holy Spirit is saying to you today. Would you come out of the safety of what you know? And would you live a life of complete surrender? Would you realise, you are? I just wish you could see yourself the way that the Lord has shown me who you are. Because you know that you are a person of power. Do you know that you have the Kingdom of God inside of you? Do you know that greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world? I know they're all the Christian buzzwords and it preaches really nicely, but I just wish that you could see like Jesus sees you. I just wish, I wish, I, I, I don't wish it, I pray it. I pray it for my own life. God, help me to understand who I really am in you. Help me to realise that you're putting me into problems because I carry an anointing to solve those problems. You actually put me in a family. If you're with your in-laws, just look straight ahead right now. But you put me in a family because you asked me to bring something unique and powerful to that family. <laughs> Why is that quiet, all right? Your in-laws heard you. No lunch for you, mate, seriously. And the will of God, here's the thing, it's not always what we want. I think one of the, one of the things, um, another, can we have another family story, is that all right? We've got a 10 year old, his name's MJ. He's a good kid. Um, he must ask for play dates, that's what they call them these days. He must ask for play dates every five minutes of the day. He'll be with one of his mates and he'll say, can I have a play date? Like it's ridiculous. And there are times that the wisdom of the parents, we understand timing, we understand rhythm, we understand what's coming, we have a better knowledge of his personal capacity than he does at times. Because his immaturity or his stage, his age, impacts his ability to be able to process some of those things. And so there are times that he'll ask for a play date and we'll say no, and he doesn't always understand why. But he's a determined young man. He has a will. And he'll start 
using the skillful art of manipulation. Come on, somebody, I bind it in Jesus' name. But if I do this, then can that? Or what about if I don't do this then, and then I can, or how about, could we do it like this? And then you, oh, do you, well, maybe Karen wants to come over for a coffee. And then Luke can, you know, don't you need to have a chat with Karen? It's like, yeah, good one, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bind you. No, I'm joking. Um, But the truth is, is that we actually approach God's will like that. Because we've actually already decided what we want to have happen. And we're so fixated on the play date. (laughs) We so want that play date. That even our approach to the father is actually more about the play date than it is the father. And it sounds elementary, but when we don't live a life of complete surrender, we often think we're going to God for his will, but we're actually going to God for for our will and hoping that he'll bless it. And God allows it. Isn't that crazy? God God is so gracious and good that to those that love and trust him, he allows us to make a mess and still works it out for good. What the heck? The amount of messes that I've made where I've driven my own agenda in things and yet God... Yeah, God. I'm not preaching to you today about complete surrender because it's something I've mastered. I'm preaching to you today about complete surrender because I believe that God, in order to release his heart and us into the next level of influence in our community, it requires us to lay down more than we've ever laid down before. It requires us to surrender to him. And you say, Why? Because God's moving in the earth. I'm not a fear guy by any means, you know that. But life is short. Life is short. Make it count. And the greatest way that you can do that is by surrendering your will to him. You don't have to like it. (laughs) You can cry while doing it. At times you can even have an attitude about it. But continue to say yes to the will of God. Continue to say yes to his voice. You know, learning God's voice as well takes time. Sometimes you think God speaking is just you. My kind of thing, unless it's like big life choices. But if it's like you're getting an impression, say for example, to pray for someone in a shopping centre. How do you know whether that's God's will or not? I want to say something that doesn't completely undo my whole message, but I hope you hear my heart. Sometimes it doesn't matter. If it's going to bring glory to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? 
How do I know that God wants me to give that amount of money to that family? How do I know it's you? Because that's going to impact my family if I do that. Is it going to bring glory to God? I would encourage you to step out because that's how you that's how you learn to discern whether it's God's voice or not. Don't live on the other side where you go, that could have been God, but I'm not sure. Because it's on the other side of that obedience. That's the zone of the miraculous. That's the zone of the book of Acts where they just came and brought everything and they had everything in common. And poverty was eradicated from the church and that early part of the church because they all, they all had needs because they had enough within their own community to do everything their community needed to do. See, often we're worried when it comes to the will of God, and I'll just close with this thought, we're worried with the will of God because we, we're so caught in the how. And I want to say some big things now because I believe that this is a moment where God, there, there are some people in this room that God is speaking you to take some radical steps. I sense it right now. I really do. And if that's you today, I want you to hear, hear this. This is important. Don't get stuck on the how. Don't get stuck on the how. How will I pay the bills? How will I pay the mortgage? How will this happen? How will that happen? Because often the how, we're trying to work out all the details. And often it's been my journey with the will of God. The details don't come. God just says, come out in the water. He just says, follow me. And so today I, I just believe that there's a, there's a calling deep under deep. The Lord's just saying, will you surrender at a new level today? Will you surrender at a new level? It's 11.45, we're gonna pray for five minutes. You're dismissed. If you want to get your children, you can go do, do that. But we're just going to spend five more minutes. For those of you that want to hang around, you are more than welcome to do so. If you want to respond, I'd love the opportunity um, to pray with you, have our people pray with you too. But if you sense in your spirit that God's calling you into a, a deeper surrender, come on, would you just, why don't we all stand up? Make it easy. We're closing. But just come down the front. Let us let us pray with you today. Come on, if that's you, come. 